0: Imagine being present, calm and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive.
1: Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family.
0: We are your hosts. Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution, and Shaista Patheali, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am
1: Mom journey with
0: us. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. Mia Moran will be joining us on the podcast today. Now, we all know that healthy eating, creating time for wellness, balancing family and life can be such a challenge. Weave in our children and all of their activities, and that can be even more daunting. And if you are someone who struggles with this and, well, we can't deny that we all are. We want to ensure that you are equipped with the tools to make it easier for you. Mia Moran is a mom of three and a coach who also makes time for wellness. She is the host of the Plan Simple podcast, best-selling author of Plan Simple Meals, and creator of the Flow Planning Method and Planner. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mia. We're so excited to have this conversation with you.
2: Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm so excited to be here with you too.
0: Now Mia, I know
1: that you envision this amazing world where women don't have to choose between work and motherhood and their health. And you know it's possible We know it's possible. Can you share a little bit of your story about how did you realize and come to realize this? Absolutely. So
2: first of all, it's really important that I didn't always know this. And obviously we live in a world, I think that really doesn't like, wasn't set up for us to do all the things that we have to do. And if any, couple of years taught us more than about that. I think the last few years did, mm-hmm. um, as we took on like more and more. So basically my story is that I'm a graphic designer, actually by trade, I've always been an entrepreneur. So, um, you know, years back I had a graphic design studio, so I was running a business and I had my three kids while running that business. I had it for about 12 years and it was at a point where I had had my three kids and they were all under five. So I don't know, mm. go figure. Like one was not quite one and three and and probably just about five. And um, I, you know, I worked four days a week at that point And I just felt like I had everything. Like I had these three beautiful kids. We owned an apartment in the, in a city that I really liked being in. I had married, I am married and had married my high school sweetheart. And I just felt like I had checked off all those boxes, you know? And, um, I just remember this one day I was sitting at my desk and I looked across and there was a stack of, I don't even know how many, but probably six or seven Starbucks cups. And I was just like, okay, first of all, how have I like gotten anything done today and been to the coffee shop this many times? You know, I've only been here like six hours and also like, why am I so tired? Because the whole promise of Starbucks is that I'm, you know, have caffeine and I'm not going to be tired anymore. And I was just so exhausted. And that was kind of like, you know, if there was a day that changed things, it was that day. And then obviously like then one thing led to another, but that led me to a yoga class. Cause I was like, mm. I just need to take care of myself, which led me to meeting the teacher and the woman who owned the studio, who was the first person to teach me the impact food could really have. And I just went all in. I, you know, it was the most tangible thing that I could do. I was not a cook. I had married a cook and it had become a problem because before we had kids, I would eat whenever he got home and he would make food. And then when we had kids, obviously they have to eat earlier sometimes than, than that, then that was happening. And so I don't know. I just was like, what is happening? Like, there's all these things that I'm not just was never, I never learned to do. And one Mm -hmm. of them was just the impact that food could have on my body. So I changed things really quickly. Um, really simply like, that's like really the basis of everything I taught. Like I literally ate the same thing for like six months. Like I had like seven (laughs) meals and I just kept repeating and I didn't worry about my kids yet. Even though I was, I knew that I wanted them to eat well too. Like I I knew that the only thing I could focus on at first was myself. Obviously Mm -hmm. I fed them food, but it just wasn't quite the high vibration that I was eating. And then, and then I, then, so with those seven things, I could like do that with my limited cooking, you know, ability. It was, it was, yeah. And then eventually I was like, okay, I need to learn more. So I went to cooking class. So it was just kind of like one thing led to another. And then I got into like, okay, now I'm ready to feed my kids. So let me learn all that I can about parenting. And one of the things that happened when I was on this food journey is I did not have a podcast yet, but somehow the interview thing was already within me. And I had, st- I, I started interviewing just sort of guru-y type people about food. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. A lot of them were men at the time. Um, and this was pre like Pinterest and Instagram photo, beautiful photos that we see of food now. So as far as I could tell, when I Googled like healthy food, it would like gross, you know, like there were some pretty pictures. Like, and so I started, so I decided, like, since I was a designer, that maybe that could be my piece of the the puzzle. And so I started interviewing all these people. And I was just, and they were all, if they weren't men, they were definitely all older and had older children than I had. And nobody was saying that their kids ate well. And I just thought that that was really weird. Mm. And so, you know, now I have teens and I understand a bit more of what they were going through. <laughs> but, um, but I knew that I wanted to do something different. And so then I went sort of into what it would look like to parent really intentionally. And so my work became the intersection of, of yes. both of
0: those things. And that became the
2: book that I eventually wrote.
0: So that's amazing, sort of amazing. And so the book is Plan Simple Meals. Yeah. The book is plan simple
2: meals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, and we'll get into sort of planning in a minute, but first sort of changing my food. That was the first time when I really had to look at my intentions and my goals in a different way than I had ever looked at. And like, this is what really mattered. And so even though I have three kids and a business and all these other things going on, like, how do I stay focused on this, thing. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, and so, you know, unconsciously a process was being created. And then the next time I sort of brought it to a test was after I wrote maybe to write the book. And then after I wrote the book, um, I had this crazy idea that I would take the kids out of school. So by that time they were in second, um, fifth and seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we're going to go on a book tour. So I took them out of school for a year and we went on a book tour all over the U S and um, again, it was just really easy and fun, but also, so that was the planning piece. But when I was talking to all these thousands of women that I was meeting on the book tour, it just came clear to me that like, so for, when I started eating healthy, if you had have told me to go find kale at the grocery store, I <laughs> probably would have cried. Like, I don't know that I, like I, that just wasn't in my wheelhouse, but mm. as I was on this book tour, everybody knew a lot about like, I didn't need to teach people about kale and green smoothies. Like, even though there might be people who wanted to learn more about cooking, like that wasn't the problem. The problem was Mm -hmm. that like, we'd, we'd, we'd take out people's phones and it would be like, you know, they'd want to have these family dinners. They'd want Mm -hmm. to have this time together. They'd want to make these meals. And it's like, they would finish work. Like they'd have to pick up kids. And then somebody had to go somewhere after. And they're literally like, was only 15 minutes and you can't make a healthy meal and sit down and eat it and enjoy it as a family in 15 minutes. And so I realized the problem was really about how we were spending our time.
0: Mm,
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like everybody has this intention, right? To eat healthy. And a lot of families do feel that they are eating healthy and they are doing the best they can. For, for moms, like for, for everyone actually, whether it's moms or dads, it's a busy schedule. And that making the simple making a simple meal just seems impossible some days. So how would you say somebody starts with, like with planning this menu or this, these meals and making them simple and time efficient? How would you say someone should start that?
2: So that the piece about the intention, I think is really important. Mm. I think it really is about having that intention and really understanding it. So I actually don't love to cook. Like Mm. I don't, like, it doesn't give me joy to like flip through cookbooks and look on (laughs) Pinterest at recipes. Like that's not what gives me joy, but feeling really well and healthy actually gives me a lot of joy. So for that reason, I'm okay with being in the kitchen for an hour every afternoon and, you know, being there. Also, I've seen the impact that dinners has had on our family and it's gotten mm-hmm. us through some actually really hard moments. And so I'm like all into that, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm hundred percent into the fact that we're sitting down at dinner and I, I haven't like wavered at that. So that's a time that I'm like willing to do what I need to do to be able to sit down at the table, you know, and be able to hold the space and, you know, have a smile on my face most of the time. And so I think that's what it's about. It's really like about um, just setting that intention and, and being unwavering in it and really finding then your path toward it.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's beautiful. Um, now, I often hear Quite a few of my friends, when I talk to them, you know, we're just in the grind. We're just in the grind. We just keep going all over and over again. It's like a hamster wheel that we're in. And every day we just start the same and every night we end the same. And when that happens, it's really difficult for parents and caregivers just to even prioritize themselves, right? You hear that. You hear, I just don't have time, or I'm just so utterly exhausted that I'm just going to go to sleep. What are some strategies or some ways we can prioritize ourselves? Well, it's funny
2: because I learned this trick actually from my kid's kindergarten oh. teacher. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my kids all went through a Waldorf school. I don't know if you yeah. know that system. Yes, they do. Awesome. And, um, they, so in kindergarten, their teacher, there was, you know, different days like that. They had, you know, one day the snack was um, porridge and another day they made bread. And on Thursday was vegetable day and like two weeks in, and this sort of coincided with my health. So at this point, I wasn't like necessarily running to Whole Foods to get kale. Right. Like, yeah. so that wasn't my yeah. MO yet. And um, my son came home and he, you know, in the cute five-year-old voice and was like, mama, mama, will you make spinach with yummy brown sauce? And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, I like, I couldn't believe it. And Uh so I, that, that was what at the time when I was getting really curious about food and kids and parenting. So I, I went to the teacher and she's like, just come like watch. And I noticed like she again was super like unwavering. She would just like with the biggest smile on her face, like welcome these kids to the vegetable day. And they didn't all like it, but over Mm. time they like, it was what it was. Like, it just was the way it was. And they wanted to be kids and they wanted to show up. So the vegetable day was like sauteed spinach. Like they had sauerkraut. The assistant teacher, like her, somebody in her family had like a pickle business. So they like the randomest things and the kid, like by the end, my son loved it. Some kids didn't, but like they would sit and have it. Right. Like it was part of their thing. And so I sort of took that and ran with it and was like, Well, first of all, like the first thing I was like, well, yeah, but she's the teacher and she only has to be there for five hours and then she gets to give the kids back to mom. Mm -hmm. And um, so at first I was like, so it must not be possible. But then I really leaned into planning and was like, you know, if I create a rhythm for dinners and I'm, you know, as somebody who's, you know, if my repertoire wasn't that big at that point. But I sort of started to look at like, well, what categories do we normally have for dinner? And like something we had started having was tacos and I liked having soup. And um, there was a day where we picked up the farm share. And if I like started to make those the rhythm, then a few things happened. First of all, I became more grounded because one of the big problems was I was showing up to dinner with like kind of an idea of what was about to happen, but Mm -hmm. like kind of like if, if somebody had come in and been like, no, I don't want that. I want mac and cheese. I probably would have said yes, because I I hadn't like fully decided. I hadn't fully committed. And so I found as I started planning and really committing in advance, like that this is what it was and I was prepared for it and I had time to make it, or if I didn't have time to make it, I had made it on Sunday or prepped it earlier or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then I was showing up as a better person and they were complaining less and being a little less picky. Um, And it just opened up this, this way for it just to be more relaxing. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing that definitely shifted things. And then another thing, especially with little kids, but actually this has happened sometimes with my teens Mm -hmm. is that um, I also found, you know, like the pop-up from the table problem. And I I found a lot of times what we were complaining most about was like, just sit, like, you know, it would be like, just sit and like, enjoy the dinner. But by the the way we were saying it at some point was like, why would you want to sit with me right now? I'm like, (laughs) yelling yeah. at you <laughs> you know like of course you don't want to sit with me um but so then I started getting really conscious about like how I was serving it you know like is it was it more mm-hmm. helpful if this particular meal like the the meal was actually on the table and the water was already on the table and if people wanted more like nobody had to stand up because what I realized is I was modeling standing up if somebody wanted a glass of water I would get up and go get one mm-hmm. and the second you do that and there's a five-year-old at the table they're like, oh mom stood up I can stand up and it's like a whole different like thing, but like, they don't get that. And so just really thinking through like what I was modeling, how I could be my calmest that really made the biggest difference in, in showing up and just sort of transforming that time. And, and, and being really honest, like in planning, like I still to this day, actually, you know, I'm a good cook at this point and like very comfortable in the kitchen, Mm. but, um, you know, still to this day, I'm like really conscious, you know, like there's certain days that I know, like the kids go to have different things after school and it's like later, or Mm -hmm. there's certain days when I'll take, I'll do podcasts later, or I have a client late. Mm -hmm. And so I don't expect that that night will be the most complicated dinner. It'll be something that's easier to pull together. And so really planning from like understanding your life as it has to do with food. Because one of the things I think we do is we like, we have this work silo and we have this, you know, maybe we even have a chalkboard in the kitchen of like what the meals are, but it's not necessarily comparing to work, right? It's like, these are the meals, this is work. And then maybe we have like the kids schedules on the fridge, but none of them are like, kind of, we're not thinking of them together. And so once food and like, you know, and me admitting like, God, I'm always tired on Thursdays. Why would I make life harder on Thursdays by making dinner Mm -hmm. harder? You know, like Thursday will be an easy meal um, has really helped.
0: Yeah. And, you know, this um, leads into another question I had. I read this on your website. (laughs) Um, You you talked up, you talk about food chatter and that really piqued my curiosity and how that contributes to this overwhelm that parents feel. And -hmm. from what I'm hearing, all of these components, when they're separated and not intertwined and kind of um, con- conjoined together, so have this form of unity, that is when it becomes this food chatter and uh, contributes to this overwhelm. Is that correct? What would what is food chatter?
2: Good question. I'm like, where did you read that on my website? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, let's make up what food chatter is. <laughs>
2: well. I'll respond in this way. I don't know if this is what I was saying in that moment. Okay, <laughs> um, but I will respond in this way that um, uh, we think about food a lot, and so there's been a lot of studies of like how often we're thinking about what's for dinner, and you know, it's it's in our head. So like we might even even if you've planned your meals for the week, or some some people like I think what a, a very elegant move for many moms is to get like a service that like actually delivers, like not Mm -hmm. the food, but like the meal plans. I mean, food might be great too, but like, there's so many easy ways to just even get the meal plans delivered to you these days. And so someone might even know what the food is for a week, but if we're not like constantly looking at it, like the difference between Sunday and Wednesday, you know, can be kind of drastic in many of our lives as a mother, like many things, many things can happen between Sunday and Monday and Sunday and Wednesday. And so like, it might be that we're thinking about like, oh, you know, we were gonna have, you know, chicken and those vegetables for dinner. And then it's like, wait, but you know, like, that might be hard for me to make. I wonder if I remembered to take it out of the freezer. Like maybe we'll have this other thing. And then it's funny, like, I haven't like really like tended to this kid this week. Like, I wonder if, if, if they'd prefer this other meal and like, we just sort of like think like we spend a lot of time just changing our mind throughout the day. Um, and not really commit, like not like so it's like we almost like we didn't really commit to what we even planned for, which doesn't yeah. do like that doesn't do any of the things that I just talked about a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then and then we're like, wait, do we have that thing? And so just in this unpreparedness and like in this sort of not committed to what we're doing, um we 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 get all there's all this chatter and it takes a lot of space. It just takes a lot of energy mm-hmm. um out of our day. It's it's just it's space in our minds that we could be connecting with a kid. We could be, you know, making something amazing in our businesses, like whatever it is that we do. So there's all these different ways that our brain could be used in a better way. So I think maybe that's what I was talking about.
0: Absolutely. That's a great answer. Very, very (laughs) great
1: answer. No, absolutely. We, it's really causes a lot of mental fatigue when we are thinking about food all day, because instead of focusing on the task at hand, we're thinking about what is our next meal, right? Yeah. And, and I've been there, I've been there. And now in our family, we do uh, menu planning and the weeks that we don't get to the menu planning, I mean, most weeks we do, but then it's, it's, it seems like more of an overwhelming week, right? Yes. And yeah. it definitely leads to exhaustion by the end yeah. of the week because you've spent so much time thinking about what you're gonna eat. And then because you haven't eaten exactly how you wish to eat or consciously intended to eat, you feel like crap at the end of the week, right? Yes. Yes. So what I'm hearing from you is there's so many points here. I, I hear from you that this meal planning and being intentional about it leads to more conscious parenting, modeling, and at the end of the day, connection. connection using it as a form of connection for the family now do you find that the kids now that your kids are teenagers have picked up on these food habits that you have modeled
2: so yes and no and this is where I get to be totally transparent (laughs) so so yes family dinner is a thing that they don't understand. Like, they don't understand that it works any differently. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So like, yeah. it's something that they prioritize and think about. And like, you know, if if my, I actually now have an 18 year old, which is so... Random. like he was the five-year-old you know the kindergarten it was felt like yesterday but anyway um you know if he's gonna be he rose crew and sometimes that goes late and if he's out late you know my daughter might be like "Well, wait when's dinner gonna happen so it's like mm-hmm. if we do not eat together like everyone's thinking about that so it's something that they assume and look forward to um you know everyone comments to me quite often that they can't believe my kids talk to me as much as they do um mm-hmm. and i i truly attribute that to dinner um and this past year we had a sort of a rough moment with one and it it at first i thought like gosh i didn't solve anything <laughs> like i thought this was one of the reasons that i this is one of the reasons i was solved like this is one of the things i thought i was preventing mm-hmm. um and but family dinner made all the difference in solving it. So, so I, so it's, it's played both parts, but they, you know, it's going to be interesting. The oldest one is going away to college and he'll be missed at the dinner table. And, and Mm -hmm. over the years, like different things have happened. Like now, you know, two of them could totally make dinner some nights and they're expected to do more around cleaning up the kitchen after. And so like there's ways that it gets easier and easier to pull it off. Um, And they, you know, they can speak up more, but like about what's going into the menu. I was pretty, like, I was pretty rigid when they were little <laughs> about like, you know, this is, this is, I, I need, I need to be able to run my business and do the things. And like, so this is what's going to be for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, But they're part of the process now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm clear about when that is right. Like, so like, I'm thinking about this on Sunday. And so if somebody wants something on Tuesday at five 30, like, I can't pull that off, but I can add it to next week's. And so I feel like that's a way to also teach them. Like, you know, a lot of us didn't inherit the knowledge of like how to go off and feed ourselves. And they're going to have to do that
0: someday. And Mm -hmm. so I
2: feel like it's a, it's like our, like something we can pass on.
0: Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends with um, and myself included with, with young children, very young children. Mm -hmm. And one thing that really comes out from when we have our conversations around food is, oh, they just won't, they just won't eat that. They're so picky. Um, Sometimes there's even separate meals because one child's going to want, I don't know, chicken nuggets and the other one, mac and cheese. And a lot of parents do do that, right? They'll have separate meals for each of their kids and then a separate meal for themselves. Now, how do you, how did you, when your children were young, overcome some of that, um, the the pickiness around food? Yep. And if you didn't, how could you suggest some, some tools and strategies that parents could use?
2: Yeah. So we had that a little, but not a lot. Um, but, and I, I believe that one of the reasons we didn't have that not a lot is not because my kids are any different, but mostly because like it was just an assumption that they were going to have, like it it was, you know, it was again, it's a decision. And the more we really land in our decisions, I think the more likely our children are to follow through with that. That said, you know, they don't, they didn't all like everything and there's three of them. So like the math of like, you know, everybody liking everything is, is, is real. So a couple of things, first of all, You know, I think there's this point when they're little that, like, you know, we're introducing food and we're so careful and we're, you know, giving them the same thing seven times in a row before we add the next thing. And then all of a sudden, like, they can eat Cheerios or something. And we put all of that away and we're just like, it's like, whatever. Right. And so um, I think that that's where we get, like, that's where we actually get lost because the truth is it takes them seven times, like, it takes anybody seven times to like something. And for us, it might not be about food for adults, but there's probably things that you've had to have presented to you a couple times before you're like, you can hear it and be like, oh, maybe I should do that. Or, oh, maybe I, I, I need to, be this way. And so it's the same with food. So that's where planning can really come in. So if there's something like, let's say you really want your kid to eat more vegetables, then like, technically the way to do that is be like, okay, I'm going to try broccoli and I'm going to map out seven times because a lot of times somebody has a tantrum and we're like, all right, broccoli's out instead of like, okay, like, I'm not going to take this personally, even though I'm really tired. And maybe the broccoli was just too mushy. So maybe next time I'll try it a little bit harder and a different sauce, or maybe next time I'll blend it and put it in a soup. Like there's all sorts of different ways, right? That we can get mm-hmm. them to like this this way of broccoli. And I, I mean, there are children who really have sensory issues, yes. but I think that yeah, that is far less yes. than the amount of parents serving their kids exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. So if you have sensory issues, I think it's different. Yes. But if, if you're just, you know like if that's not your kid's jam, then it's like it might take seven times, and so then it just becomes being patient and, um, you know, making a plan that that will really do it. One of the meals that really helped in our family, and it's actually helped later too, because now then then there's other problems. Like now, all of a sudden, I have. have a vegetarian, you know, my son decides he's going to save the world. So he's, and and I'm vegan, actually, I've always been vegan, but, but -hmm. he wants to be a vegetarian. And then I've always had a daughter who has really bad food allergies, so she can't have gluten and dairy. So there are these like different constraints, but the one who can't have gluten and dairy, who, you know, like that's kind of like medical, um, can eat animal protein. So the second my son went vegetarian, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, he can have gluten. And so then all of a sudden I was like, what is going on? But grain bowls are something that I love to do because first of all, they're easy. You can mix and match them all week and they're a really good teaching tool. So this is what I mean. So like, on Sunday, I might make a big thing of brown rice or quinoa or pasta or whatever the thing is like some grain or two. Mm -hmm. And then I might roast like, um, I don't know, five different vegetables or, or make them however I make my vegetables. And then I might have like beans and I might have like chicken or whatever. And then at dinner, what I do is I'll like, I'll just like, I'll take, there'll be three vegetables. There'll be some beans, there'll be some chicken and there'll be the, the grain and people can serve themselves Mm -hmm. a bowl. And what I found is that when my kids were little, like I had one who would just have like beans and rice. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would model like having the veg, like all the things. Right. And so they'd see that. And over time, like somebody would try something like they just want to be like us, like really at the end of the day, even if they say they want mac and cheese. And so, you know, like they would do what they were comfortable with and everything on the table. Like, even if they just ate brown rice, I was like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like everything here is good. Like, you know, sometimes I'd be like, don't you want to try just like one thing? And, but I wouldn't push it too much because if I I found that with patience over time, the modeling was huge. And Mm -hmm. so eventually, you know, a year down the line, which I know is not what anyone listening wants to hear. um, The, the bowls were very diverse. Um, And, and even if it was like, you know, I have three kids. So even if it was one sibling, you know, dived into all the vegetables then, you know, the next week, the next sibling would, you know, cuz they'd want to be like their big sister or their big yeah. brother. And um so I love that as a tool for easy meals plus like modeling and and really really showing. But the 7 tries thing I think is like for little kids is just yeah. really being conscious that like I actually have to have a piece of paper and I have to be really proud of myself every time (laughs) I put the broccoli in and I have to really play detective to what that means and, and what they liked and what they didn't like. And with kids that are like, you know, over five, I would say, or six, like you can start to ask questions Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you didn't really like the broccoli. Like it's really good for us. So I'm wondering, like, do you think if I made it a little bit more crunchy, you would like it better or. I wonder if there's a sauce we could put. And like, you see when they start to get excited and you say, okay, so next time I'm going to make a sauce and it's going to be a little bit more crunchy. And you've kind of like come into agreement with them. And then, you know, three days later, crunchy broccoli with this new kind of sauce comes in (laughs) and they may or may not like it, but then you can be again, like, okay, like, okay. So you didn't like it the mushy way. You don't like the crunchy way. I wonder if there's another way, you know, and, and you keep going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can see how this all really connects and relates to one another, right? Because when you're um, having children contribute, you're also giving them some choice around it, right? I mean, you're not giving them the choice of whether or not they're going to have the broccoli, but you are giving them a say in a choice of how they're going to consume it. And when majority of the time, when they do have that choice and they, and say, it does eliminate a lot of that quote unquote pickiness, right? Um, Because they have that power around it. But what I'm also hearing underneath this is that you're having this ongoing dialogue and communication with your children. You're able to talk to them and you're putting in these different experiences for them which you're then able to use as a setting point, which then enables them to see what's on the other side of it, right? Yeah, so one absolutely. day I didn't like that broccoli, but then I did this and this and this. And then all of a sudden I tried it again and I did. It's just a small analogy for what can happen in, in within bigger events and bigger situations in their life. And
2: for anyone who thinks that sounds like awful and like so much work, I will fully admit, like, so for a long time, I actually didn't let my kids into the kitchen and cook, which is a big thing that some people do. Mm. But for me, yeah. I just like, I was a new cook. I needed it streamlined. That actually made it way more stressful for me. And I was really concerned with how to not be stressed by the time I sat down at the table. Mm. And so we all picked the tricks that really worked for us. For me, having those conversations about broccoli, they took five minutes and like, you know, it was it was really impactful. And then later my kids obviously like came into the kitchen and like cooked. But at the beginning when everything I could, you, you don't have to do everything at once.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Small steps for sure. Yeah. And what's really standing out
1: for me as we have this conversation, which is so inspiring is the fact that you were consistent and you were consistent because you had set this intention to be healthier as a family and to, in order to achieve peak performance as a mom. And so as moms, we do try to achieve peak performance and sometimes we ignore the health aspect. What else can we focus on as moms? What are some other simple things besides our nutrition and our food? Just really simple things that we could also be consistent with that will help us to achieve peak performance. Okay.
2: Absolutely. So I know there's a lot. I know know. there's a lot First of all. I think that's really different for everyone. At first I was going to spew out 10 things, but then I'm like, you know Mm -hmm. what? That really is different for everybody. And I think though, that it's really important to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. there are certain things that you and I, like whoever we're talking about is really needing, um, in this season to be our best. Right. So, you know i just shared like different vignettes about food um and since becoming healthy myself and focusing on myself like there's been other there's been many you know years since that was 12 years ago so there's been many moments in between that and you know there's been like i hit my 40s and something yes. random happened with my hormones and all of a sudden i was back to my food again like you know it's this constant like spiral so it's like really what do you need right now and i think with women it's like sometimes Um, we are buffering with busy. So we're doing so many things and we're so overwhelmed and I don't, I pretty much am guessing there's not pretty much a mom out there who couldn't just use some quiet. Like, I think that that's really, um, we forget that we really need that, especially after the past years. Like, you know, just like what, what would it look like if you, what would you do if you had 10 minutes alone? Like, you know, would you move your body? Would you take a shower alone with no one interrupting you? Like that's where everyone's going to be at a slightly different phase. Um, You know, and then there's other women who like, really need to make money to feel good because they feel like they're disempowered because they're not making their own money. And and that's like a big deal. And that can be self-care, even though it sounds like work, right? Like it yeah. can be really nurturing to, to make your own money. And um, for other women, they're working really hard. And actually what's most nurturing to them is to connect with their kid or their husband, right? Like, because they're not doing that. So everybody who's listening knows exactly what it is for them. But I think that the really the the thing is, is just noticing it. And then like, instead of trying to do all the things, like, you know, if you're feeling like out of whack with a kid or out of whack with your spouse or your food or whatever it is, it's like, okay, that's true. And so I'm noticing that. And then right now I'm in this season and maybe the season is like, everyone's in school or, you know, everyone's home with the pandemic or, (laughs) um, you know, like whatever, or I'm in this particular hormonal season, or it's literally this season of the year, like it's fall. And I feel like this in fall or winter. And I feel like this in winter or spring. And I feel like this in spring, like, right. So we we all have these seasons. And so it's like, what right now, what is my next step? Like, and so maybe it's just like, Maybe I need to take a course about relationships. Maybe I just need to commit to one date night a month. Maybe I just need to like, we need to make sure that the kids are in bed so that we actually have connection time at some point without just falling asleep on top of our kids. You know, like so for ev- there's a there's a like the, all you, there's no right answer. I don't think it's just like what is that one step instead of the everything. And we do that a lot. The reason I'm saying that is because we do that a lot with food, and since we've spent so much time focused on food. We do that a lot. Like, okay, I need to eat healthy and I need to have everything healthy on the, on the table for the kids. And we need to be having family dinner seven days a week, even though right now we're having it one, like, and that's too much to take on all that, that sets us up for overwhelm and it sets us up. Um, and you know, our brain kind of does that to us on purpose, but so that it's that, that like, what is just the one thing in the one area that's really feeling out of balance right now?
1: I love that. I love that. And it's, it just, we can't do all the things all at once. I always say, you know, every change starts with one thought and one emotion and one choice, one choice at a time. So that's really what we're aiming for, right? Just make one choice and go with that. And you made that choice, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, or no, when your kids were little, you yeah, made that choice ago. 12 yeah. years ago yeah. uh, to change family dinners, and as a result, this is what yeah. this is how far you have come and how much your family has evolved. Yeah, I love that, and and it's interesting because like you know,
2: I I teach a lot about um, planning and time management technically, yes. which like mm-hmm. seems like it's all about like what the hours are, but the thing about overwhelm is it's just a feeling. It's actually Mm -hmm. not based on how many things are in our calendar. Mm -hmm. And so, and so is balance. So even at, even though it's like, I can't add in one more thing, but even adding in like a 15 minute walk or, you know, a babysitter for an hour or like whatever it is that's coming up for you right now, or, you know, support for your teen, right? Like whatever Mm -hmm. it is, that's like really causing um, not great moments in your day, just creating that little bit of balance, even if you're adding something that that's that, again, it's a feeling, it does nothing to do with what's in your actual calendar. And that can really shift things.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I really like how it really enables you to have this moment, these moments of self-reflection as well, right? Because we're always in our mind, caught up in this chatter, caught up in this hamster wheel or food chatter, as, as you, you, you say as well. Um, and we don't get those moments of reflection, right? And really understanding what it is that we need. We covered so much here in terms of um, food, in terms of taking care of ourselves and being at our peak performance. Is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with? So interesting. Um, so
2: so really all so I think the second we talk about any kind of planning, whether it's like meal planning or like planning for your business or planning for your kids or whatever it is, like mm-hmm. we all of a sudden it's like either we so some people just repel it. They're like, no, I just want to like go with the flow. Like I, you know, I want to be chill, like planning's not for me or there's, you know, planners who want to like have everything in in place. And the truth is, is that all planning is, is deciding. And if we're making a choice, like, and, and and we can choose the energy for which we plan. So we can't necessarily choose the energy at six o'clock for which we land at our dinner table, or we can't necessarily choose like what happens at three o'clock when we pick up our kids or whatever. Like we can't necessarily choose that, but we can choose when we plan. And so if we're choosing from like a really high vibration, if we sit down and make a plan, then that means we're getting like quiet enough to really make smart choices right like we're quiet enough where we're like oh what I really need right now is, is this and so I'm gonna make time for that and so then we make time for it and the thing is is that when we get to that Wednesday that we've planned date night or the Thursday that we've decided we're gonna try this new meal for dinner or whatever it is um we may not be in the same space and actually it might be kind of hard we might have gotten in a fight yeah. in the afternoon with our spouse or whatever <laughs> but it's like, we have given a gift from our past self to our future self that we can like honor right now. And that's where planning becomes like magic because then it's like an opportunity to like, like my smart brain wanted this, my fight or fright, flight brain is saying like, this is not freedom. This is not safe. This is not joy, but actually the smarter part of you knew that it is. And so if you can just move through it and go and go on date night or have that dinner or, you know, do that thing for work or whatever it is that's coming up for you, then, then you've grown and that like, to me, that's what life is about. Like then you've given yourself this opportunity to grow. So I just like thinking planning is that Mm. it's like, you're deciding in advance so that you're, it's really a gift from your past self to your future self so that you can Mm. actually be right now. And instead of all that chatter uh, that causes us not to be in right now.
1: (laughs) Mia, that is, you summed it up so well. I love, 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 love that, and and you spoke right to my heart because I used to be that person that didn't want to plan, and the more I have to do, I feel like my life is more at ease when I plan, and the more I have to do, the more efficient I am, yeah. and 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 the more in flow in the in flow we get, and I know you have a flow planner, you have a flow program. Can you tell us where our listeners can find you, and actually, what do you? Actually, offer in in your program. Yeah, so um, I think
2: plansimple.com is the best way. Um, there, we we have a free course there um, that you can take and really understand how to go from overwhelm to ease with a lot of what we talked about today. Um, so that's a really good place to find me. And so we have the the sort of the planning process that I created which so flow stands for like both being in the flow and flowing goals forward but also as an acronym it's it's food and wellness lifestyle which is Mm. you know family and home o is for om which to me is like self-care and space and quiet time and w is work um and so it's really a place where you can we can look one season at a time. at goals in all four of those categories so you can really create a balanced plan and understand where you're wanting to grow in all those places. So that exists as a planner that you can um, get on our website. And um, there's a course that comes with that as just part of buying the planner. It's actually, you go to our website and you get it, but then you go buy it on Amazon and you come back and you get the course. So there's a process, but it's all explained. <laughs> um, and then what we found is that like the process of really committing to like what you want um, I think there's a lot of baggage as women that we carry around that because, you know, we were taught we had to choose between work and our kids, <laughs> between, um, between our work and wellness, between our kids and wellness, right? Like, so we, we were taught we had to make all these choices yeah. and, um, we don't, but we, we have to sort of move through that. And so what we did was we created a program that's really accountability. It's about um, coming together in a group of just amazing women. I'm always like, how do I how do these people come here? <laughs> um, amazing women, and um, we we carry through a goal. So we set a goal together. We meet uh, in small groups every Monday. Women meet and and just say exactly the three things that they're definitely going to focus on for the week. And then we have these co-working sessions all day long. So you know if you going to clean out your closet or write that blog post. We have a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or, um, you know, whatever, do your taxes. Like you, you go to those sessions and you f- again, feel held because we, as women are holding so many different people and things and, you know, we're doing so much. And it's just, it's, it's been amazing for me to see that when women actually feel held, it's very, it's like an exhale and it's very easy for them, for us to go from, overwhelmed to ease um, Mm -hmm. in a space that's really supportive. And then we plan together and we have a shaman (laughs) and we have a nervous system person. And so we have all sorts of supporting work that really helps us to really rediscover time and and Mm -hmm. our misconceptions of how time works so that we can really live our best life in the time that we have
1: so wonderful (laughs) I love it I love it It sounds exactly like our kind of people in there (laughs) yeah Yeah, absolutely (laughs) so thank you so much for your time today this has been so valuable and we are all on this mission for for all of us women to bring more meaning into our life more flow into our life and uh more magic into our life and it seems like all of, it, um, all of it comes together to do just that. So thank you for your time. And for our listeners, you can come reach out in our Facebook group for, to continue the conversation and check out Mia's website, plansimple.com. And we'll talk to you next week, take care, bye. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review
0: we invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until
1: next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.